0: I literally cannot help but to jam out to that guitar riff every time the intro (laughs) hits. Welcome back. I'm Ethan Michael, your friendly neighborhood atheist. And alongside me, is Taylor the anti-bot. Taylor, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, so we're going to be talking about MLMs today. And I'm really excited because I grew up in a family surrounded by Amway. So I would be a part of all those meetings that they would have at the house. Uh, my, my grandma had her own product room where people would come in and purchase everything. Um, this was actually quite a long time ago before they went digital and became Quickstar, and then resorted back to Amway. Um, but, anyways, bef- before we get started, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. So, I am the anti bot. That's my channel on YouTube. Um, my channel is a dedicated anti MLM channel. So, I debunk the myths surrounding uh, multi level marketing. Um, I actually go into other, like some other business scams as well, um, and just kind of talk about what is actually going on in these companies, the tactics they use, uh, whether or not they're actually um legitimate um yeah and stuff like that.
0: And what made you get into MM oh, sorry, not MMs, ML <laughs> specifically?
1: So um, the story actually, I'm not sure if you want like the whole long story, but I actually got introduced to them about six or seven years ago because I had some family that became involved in Young Living. And Young Living is a MLM that sells essential oils and they kind of claim that their oils are medicinal and that they can heal and cure all these different illnesses. So I had some family members that got involved in that. And they actually wanted to uh, bring me and my husband, uh, Drew from GM Skeptic, uh, they wanted to bring us like into the company under them and their downline. And they promised that if we did, well not promised, but they highly suggested that if we did that, then we would be able to pay off our student loans, which was really important to us at the time because we were both in college. Um, So that's kind of how we first got introduced to them. And at first we were kind of like, Okay with it and we didn't really see any of the red flags at first. But the more and more we and like we didn't actually become involved. This was something that we were like looking at down the road. Um, mm-hmm. so we didn't actually start like becoming involved with the MLM at all, but it was something that we were just like planning on doing. Um, the more we like talked to our family members and kind of heard the pitches and all their different stories about how oils can cure all these illnesses, we kind of started thinking like this is probably not good. Um, and so we started doing some of our own research into MLMs and we found out that 99.6% of all MLMers don't make any money or actually lose money. And we found out that all of the, um, claims around oils are actually not scientifically backed. And that's kind of how I became anti MLM. And a couple years later, I started my own channel.
0: Did, uh, did, but when you were going through this with your with your husband, did was one of you more leaning towards it and one against it? And did you have to did either one of you have to talk the other one kind of off the ledge or get one to, you know, kind of see, I guess the light would be the best way to say it?
1: Um, I think that we were both kind of on the same page for the most part. Um I actually kind of saw the warning signs before Drew did. Um and I just I researched on my own, and then I showed him some of the things I was finding on the internet. And that got him kind of thinking that this wasn't good too. So I guess I initially was the one that was more against it, but it kind of like was along the same timeline.
0: Okay. And for those that are unfamiliar with what multi-level marketing is, could you give a, a brief explanation of it?
1: So, multi level marketing, um, MLM companies are companies that don't use a salaried sales force. So, instead of getting salesmen and doing advertising, uh, they hire people into the, or not that they hire, but they uh, have this opportunity, as they call it, for people to become independent business owners, but they don't actually pay them anything. They're not salaried, um, and they make a commission off of what they sell to outside customers. And they can also hire people under them into their downline. And not only do they make a commission off of what they sell to outside customers, but they also make a commission off of what their downline sells to outside customers. Or they make a commission off of uh, what their downline purchases from themselves, which is more often what happens. So... That's kind of how it becomes that pyramid-like structure. Um, they're very, very similar to pyramid schemes. They're not completely the same because with pyramid schemes, there's no actual product. It's just someone saying like, hey, can you invest $50? And then you find three people to invest $50. Um, with MLMs, there's actually a product involved. And that's what technically like makes it legal, although it operates pretty much the same as a pyramid scheme in that most everyone loses money.
0: So a, a common objection I've heard is that when you comparing MLMs, to, you can't really compare an MLM to a pyramid scheme uh, because you could also make that same assessment by a corporation because the person on top makes all the money and the people at the bottom uh, don't make the money. What, what do you think about that?
1: Um, I actually have, I've heard that one a lot too. So I, what I say to that is that the difference is is employees at the bottom are still making minimum wage. And I know in the US we have a minimum wage problem, but they're still guaranteed a specific salary. With MLMs, you're not guaranteed anything. And so what we see is that few people at the top are making 90% of what's made in an MLM while everyone else is losing money. So it's really not the same comparison. And also the people that are hired into a traditional company, they're hired for specific roles, like accounting or operations, like you're going to do a specific job with an MLM. They're just hiring an endless chain of salespeople, which really doesn't make sense because then you're just saturating the market.
0: Uh, earlier you said that 99.6% don't make, is that any money or aren't successful? Uh,
1: they don't make, um, any money or they actually lose money.
0: Wow. That's a, that's a, a, rather high percentage of people. Why, why do you think, uh, with such a low success, rate Uh, they're able, able to keep people inside of them spending money.
1: So, there's a lot of tactics that are used, um, and people actually compare MLMs to cults. And there's actually cult psychologists who label MLMs as commercial cults. So, they use a lot of like deceptive tactics to get people involved. Um, they tell them, You know, no matter if you're not making any money right now, just, you know, hold in there. Eventually, it's going to pay off. Eventually, you're going to start seeing that turnaround and you're going to start making money. And there's this dream, right? So, like when anyone, when they try to get anyone involved in the MLM in the first place, they sell them this dream of what it's going to be like once you're in the MLM. You're going to be making so much money. You're going to have all this time freedom. You're going to be able to spend time with your family and friends. And so people really attach themselves to that idea. And they think that as long as they keep, you know, holding on and they keep working that eventually um, they'll be making that money and they'll be able to achieve that life. So it's really selling them a dream that they'll never achieve, but they have that idea in their head.
0: So is... Are, are you saying, or sorry, was that doctor saying that all MLMs are cults or some LMM, ML, Yeah, I keep getting tongue twisted. <laughs> I know it's ML, hard to say.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know.
0: Cause that sometimes seems like such a harsh term to use because yeah. um, I, I, people, most of them are, in my opinion, you know, they're, they're genuinely trying to be successful. At least the people at the bottom are trying their hardest. So what, What specifically makes it a cult?
1: Yeah. So, in my opinion, they all have cult like tendencies, but they're not. All full-on cults and we have to like distinguish between what is a cult and what is a destructive cult and I'm actually taking that from Steve Hassan um, he, okay. and he's the cult psychologist that labels MLMs as commercial cults um, but there's an entire criteria and he has the BITE model which stands for behavior information thought and emotion control and there's a list of different um, attributes that if you if a any sort of group or organization hits all those attributes on the list, then that means that they're more likely to be a destructive cult. So uh, some of those things on the list are like keeping information hidden, which MLMs definitely do because they are never upfront about the actual failure rate of anyone that joins Um, an insider versus outsider group. So in a lot of MLMs, they kind of create this bubble where they really want their participants only talking to other people that are in MLMs and if someone has like family or friends that are critical of MLMs, the MLM will tell them to distance themselves from those family members. Um, So it's really creating this like us versus them narrative. things like love bombing uh, when they're trying to get someone to join. A lot of the time they'll like hit them with a bunch of just good things about them to try to make them feel good so that they'll be more open and receptive to joining. Um, There's, yeah, there's a bunch of other criteria too that a lot of them meet.
0: Yeah. I have uh, noticed that, and this isn't true with everyone I've met, but in a lot of scenarios where you're talking to someone and you're just asking questions and they, they get defensive. And then before Mm. you know it, they're saying you're not being supportive of what they're doing. And I, I don't understand that because, for example, when I was running a DJ business, I had most of my friends were incredibly supportive. But when people asked me challenging questions or wanted more information, I didn't distance myself from them. So why do you think that's happening so much? Is this really ingrained in all these MLMs to get you to stay away from people who disagree with you?
1: Um, I would say to a certain extent, it is ingrained in most MLMs. Um, I think different MLMs kind of do that to a different degree, Um, but it's so that their members aren't hearing any dissenting information. They don't really want their members hearing what critics have to say about it, or um, they don't want anyone showing them the actual failure rates or the studies that have been conducted about MLMs because If they saw that information, they could potentially decide to leave because they'll realize that this is probably not going to work out for them. And the MLM is only sustained by their distributors, um, thousands and thousands of of distributors or of uh, independent business owners, um, because these distributors are actually their customers. So if they no longer have that distributor base, they no longer have their customer base. So they're really invested in keeping people in.
0: What about to the people that are? And granted, it's rare, but there are people who who make it and, and swear by it. Um, is there a downfall if you're one of those people in continuing working within an MLM if you're successful?
1: Um. So that's kind of a tricky thing, because um, I don't want to be telling anyone, you know, that what they should or should not do. Oh. But in my opinion, if you are. One of those successful people, I do have to question then how many people are in your downline? And of those people, how many people are losing money every single month? Because more likely than not, the only reason you're at the top is because you're really, really good at recruiting and you built a very, very large, extensive downline of people who statistically aren't making money or they're probably losing money. So to me, that's not ethical. Um, but yeah, I can't exactly tell people what to do or not to do. Uh,
0: is it true that they, they disproportionately target uh, women?
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, definitely target stay-at-home moms because of the whole like working from home aspect. So uh, I think the statistic is, I want to say 76% of everyone involved in MLMs are women. I'm pretty sure that's correct.
0: And is that specifically because women are more likely to stay at home or, um, like uh, what, why, I guess, why is that? Is it stay at home mom specifically?
1: Um, it's women in general, but we found it's more likely stay at home moms because of that, like being able to work from home aspect. And they also, a lot of companies, they have products that they sell that are kind of targeted towards moms who really are concerned about their kids. So it could be like something that's medicinal or just any other thing that could help them with their family. So they'll really target and say like, Hey, if you, what you should be doing to be a good mom is to use these products on your kids, or you need to start this business so that you're bringing in some money for your family and helping your husband. So they use concerns that like moms already have and kind of use that against them.
0: A a lot of the uh, factors you talked about, um, Reminds me of Scientology. Is there t- a, 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 like a similarity between them? Because it seems like this disassociation this from people who uh, disagree with you, or calling them, you know, a quote, a suppressive person. It just seems oddly similar.
1: Yeah, there are definitely some similarities uh, with that. And I actually have a video comparing some tactics used by MLMs with Scientology. I. Scientology is very, very destructive. And I don't want to compare MLMs to Scientology directly because I think Scientology is definitely more destructive um, in its nature. But a lot of the tactics they use kind of creating these different insider versus outsider groups and labeling anyone that disagrees as uh, Scientology says suppressive and MLMs will call people like that haters. So there is kind of those similarities there for sure. And There was actually an MLM. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's called Nexium. It was in the news a while back. Yeah, the sex cult one. That was Um, one of my questions. (laughs) Yeah. So that, a lot of people don't know because like the news didn't really cover this, but Nexium was an MLM. And uh, its leader or its founder, Keith Raniere, incorporated uh, aspects from the MLM industry, also with aspects from Scientology. um, And that created this really destructive cult that ended up uh being a human trafficking ring and he was arrested for human trafficking so there's while scientology is more dangerous there are some commonalities
0: well and as i recall with nexium there was actually some actresses that were um involved in that from what was the show uh, smallville
1: yeah uh uh-huh. allison mack yes Yeah.
0: And then uh, I forgot the other one, but she seemed to have distanced herself from it uh, successfully or got Um, out of
1: it. Sarah Edmondson, she's been very outspoken about it.
0: I think so. Uh, So how did this Nexium cult get started? Like, how do you lure people into a sex cult? Was there a product or what was he offering?
1: So... An important thing to know about Keith Ranieri, who was the founder, is that he actually had an MLM prior to uh, starting Nexium, and it was called, oh shoot, now I can't remember what the name is. Um, I can't remember exactly what the name of, name of his previous MLM was, but it was kind of similar to Amway in that they were like kind of an online grocery store, kind of had a lot of different products, a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, so he had that, and it was actually pretty successful. Ah, uh, consumers byline—that's what it was called. But
0: that—that uh, um, that was like a gigantic pyramid scheme, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it
1: was uh, found by the FTC to be a pyramid scheme and shut down. And after that, he tried to distance himself from being associated with Consumers Byline. And um, sorry, Drew just came in, so I got distracted. Um, so yeah, he had that before Nexium. And uh, Nexium was a sort of self-help professional development company. So there wasn't really any product involved. It was more of just like a success services kind of thing where people would come for these programs to better themselves. And that was like their whole thing. Self-help
0: so um, just- oh, oh, crap. Sorry, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't say self-help crap. There's a lot no, of. Great-
1: I think a lot of self-help is crap. So you're fine saying that.
0: <laughs> it, it does. It's there to me. There's a line between you know. You can be motivational and and find ways to improve yourself, but then there's a lot of bullshit around it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think all of it is bad, but I'm very, very wary of most of it. Um, so Nexium, like their self help stuff was really similar to Scientology. Um, and kind of what became the problem with Nexium is that they were teaching their followers that if they had any sort of negative emotions about anything that happened in their life, that that was just them not having control over their emotions or, um, teach that that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, anytime someone, Something would happen and then uh, a person would have this like negative reaction to it and rightly so. And they would say, no, that's just your past trauma or that's just you not being able to control your emotions. And so that's why you're feeling that way. And so this kind of led to Keith taking advantage of women sexually. And when they would object to this, he would say, oh, well, you're just having a negative reaction because you have past trauma you haven't dealt with. And this really isn't that big of a deal. And if you could just see how this could help you in the end, then you would be fine with it. So it really, he found a way to rationalize and make people think that these horrible things that he was doing wasn't a big deal. And so that's kind of how it transitioned from being this self-help group to being a full-on, like there, there's sex trafficking and there's slave slavery going on.
0: He had people, did, didn't he have people like chained up and locked in rooms and they would be punished if they didn't go along with certain things? Is that is that true?
1: Yeah, there is a story of one woman. I'm not sure if they ever revealed her name, uh, but she was kept locked in a room for two years without any outside contact. I can't exactly remember now what the reasoning was for it. I think it was because she didn't do something she was supposed to do. And as punishment, they locked her in this room for two years.
0: And was this when she was still a willing participant and believed like she she was she was she would have stayed willingly? I'm sure. Um,
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure that she was still a willing participant. And I think another thing she had to do was write an apology letter to Keith. Or, yeah, I think it was to Keith every single day, like apologizing for what she did. And I think at that point, I'm pretty sure she was still a willing participant. I'm not sure if after those two years she decided to leave. I'm not completely sure.
0: The psychological effect that must have being forced to apologize for you being punished. That's yeah—that's
1: yeah. that's
0: that's horrible. Yeah. From everything I've read is Keith Raniere, uh, despite being a scumbag, is a pretty brilliant guy, which is why he was able to get away with this uh, for such a long period of time. They viewed him like a god, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And I don't even know if I would necessarily call him a bright guy. I think that he was... He claimed to have this like really, really high IQ, but I'm not sure if that was like ever like right. validated or anything. But I think he was just really, really good at manipulating people around him. And so that's how he was able to create this cult. He was really good at talking, talking people into things.
0: <laughs> great speaker.
1: <laughs> He's a great speaker, yeah. Really, really like charismatic.
0: Question uh, from Best Name. Are you guys familiar with the Boiling the Frog fable? Would you say that most cults, religions, and MLMs cons in general happens this way. I think what she's referring to is if you, and I don't know if this is true or false, but you put a frog in warm water and if you slowly boil it, this frog will just stay in there because it's used to the heat and then it eventually just boils to death. Is that accurate?
1: So say that, I'm sorry, say that. uh, So
0: like uh, you start out slow. So you take a frog, mm -hmm. you put it in lukewarm water And then you turn the fire on and supposedly the frog won't notice the temperature difference and will stay in it until it dies and it's boiled alive. Is that kind of similar where it's small and then it increases, increases. And before you know it, you're completely in over your head.
1: Yeah. I would definitely say that's the case for MLMs and definitely the case for Nexium. I mean, I think if anyone, this is something that Sarah Edmondson who had been a very, uh, very outspoken about Nexium. She was involved with it for a very long time and eventually left. Um she had said like if anyone approached her the day she was joining Nexium and said, "Hey, do you want to join a sex cult?" she of course would have said no. But they're not going to be upfront about that. They're going to slowly introduce you to more and more things until you're so far in it all of everyone you know, all the connections you have are people inside this MLM or this cult um, or religion. And so leaving would be like leaving your entire life. They're going to slowly introduce you to crazier and crazier things. And I think that's definitely the case with MLMs.
0: And that, you know, the sex cult aside, um, that, I mean, pretty much sounds like what they all do. They want you away from your friends. They want you away from your family, and they only want you exposed to their material. So they're going to keep you essentially connected at all times. With With a job, a normal job, you get to go home and disconnect. With an MLM, it, it seems like you don't. They want to keep sprinkling yeah. you every single day.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's not something where you're working between these specific hours. I mean, they your upline can pretty much contact you whenever, and it kind of becomes that all of the friends you have are suddenly all of these friends that are in this MLM. And so, if you leave, it's like you're leaving your entire friend group. So they really isolate you for sure.
0: And uh, one of your videos had mentioned that uh, COVID. As a result of COVID, MLMs had increased uh, dramatically. How much of an increase has there been?
1: Um, I'm not sure what the specific like statistic is on that. Um, I know that like we've seen kind of more pitches. I, I'm not sure if there's like actual data on how many more people have joined, uh, but we're kind of seeing people use COVID as a motivating factor and trying to get people to join. So especially since there are so many people that are out of a job right now, they're coming to people and being like, Hey, I see you're out of a job. Why don't you join my MLM? And then you're not going to have to worry about your company laying you off because you're your own business owner. Um, or they're also, using COVID as a way to sell their products, especially um, MLMs that have health products like essential oils. Uh, there's a lot of claims being thrown out there that these oils or any other like health product supplements, anything like that uh, can cure COVID. So <laughs> they're really, really using the pandemic <laughs> as a way to draw people in. Um,
0: you know, one thing that's always both concerned and confused me with MLMs is the way they, Get you to sit, turn your family and friends into your your consumers. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, when I started my DJ business or computer business, the first thing I, I I didn't go around messaging my friends and saying, "Hey, I've got this great opportunity. Pay me to DJ." W- why do you think they 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 do that so much? Like, why would they not recommend going outside of your friends group?
1: Um, they so they they
0: clients that they just want you to hit every and everything or hit everybody.
1: So, I mean, yeah, they do definitely like, they want you to go further than your friend group, but usually who you start out with is your friends and your family because those are the easiest people for you to access. And it's much more likely that a family member or a friend isn't going to turn you down because they, they feel bad. Like they want to support your business because they know you personally. And so they're much less likely to turn down your offer And so that's why MLM suggests that you go to your family and friends first, but they really turn anyone that you interact with as a potential prospect. They teach them that anyone you ever encounter, you need to be pitching this to. And so effectively, everyone is your potential customer or in your downline.
0: Is, is there any downfall to, to purchasing products from a friend? Like what if one of the products he has, like I don't want to be involved in it, but I I, in, I enjoy it. What's the downside to purchasing?
1: So I definitely suggest that people don't purchase MLM products. And I know that can be difficult, especially when you have a family or friend that's trying to get you to buy something. And um, sometimes these products are good, like they do work or do like them. But I really think that it's a bad idea to do that because you're effectively continuing this cycle. Your your purchase is going to give your friend that's in an MLM hope that they will maybe reach their goal or they'll eventually be making money. Um, And you don't really want to be giving them that hope because they're going to be let down. Um so I I don't suggest people do that also you're giving money to a company that has historically taken advantage of uh women and minorities um so it's just not an ethical thing to do in my opinion I see
0: I think I still have some cons- like some some bias or no cognitive dissonance dissonance going on because like for me whenever I think of MLMs for some odd reason I don't lump ad what amway into that category because i grew up in a family where they they were profitable from it mm. uh, what are your thoughts on amway
1: I Amway is one of my least favorite ones. Um, And that's because they're the largest MLM company in the world. And they have very, very, very extensive ties to US politics, Um, specifically to the Republican Party. uh, They've given donation tons of money to uh, the GOP to the campaign funds of various politicians. um, And they give this money basically because they want to have, uh, these politicians on their side so that they'll deregulate the industry. Um, so I, yeah, I really don't like Amway because of that. Um, actually, uh, Betsy DeVos, who's our secretary of education, uh, her family made money from Amway because her husband was, uh, the CEO for a time. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: I would I would have never guessed that. See, and to me, I, I in in the in my head, I'm still like, no, there's some there's some good sides to Amway. I've seen the success, but then I have to have to remember that it is another multi level marketing. I don't want to say scheme, but it's just like most of the other ones in, yeah. in almost every scenario a uh, question from our audience has taylor received any threats due to her great work exposing mlms on her channel and i have to say great work when i when i went to your channel i was pretty hooked on on thank on, you on, on, it was it when once i heard you were doing mlms i was immediately like i have to talk to her because it's always been a fascination of
1: mine Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, have I received any threats? No, I have not received any threats yet. And I hope I don't, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, especially as I continue covering different companies, there's always the threat that they're going to take legal action against you for defamation or whatever. So okay. that hasn't happened yet. I'm hoping it doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> I, I I hope not too, because I enjoy your channel and I would love to see it continuing. Um. How this is a a question from a friend. How realistic is it to supplement or replace your income working the system minimally one hour a day?
1: Um, that's not gonna happen. It's not very feasible. They they say that you can do this with part time work, but in reality, if you're not hustling, if you're not recruiting every single person you know into your downline, there's really it's not as feasible Feasible. I don't want to say it's impossible because I'm sure that there's someone out there that's done that, but the likelihood that you will be able to do that is very not likely.
0: Yeah. I've had actually two different people say that to me recently. One was someone who does stocks. Uh, He's in some type of a stock Hmm. trading uh, MLM.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. He's like, it's not what you think it is. All you do is sign on in your free time and trade stocks and you start making money. But then right after that, he's like, but if you want to get involved, and then he proceeds to go into his his sales pitch, Mm. he's like, I don't really have to spend much money. So um, I wish I remembered the name of the company so I could ask your thoughts on it. But I don't remember it at all, but it has something to do with trading stocks in China.
1: That's really interesting. I'm not sure because I actually don't know of any MLM that's like stock trading. So I'd be interested.
0: I will, after this is over, I'm going to go ahead and I'll send him a message on, on Facebook and I'll find out the name and uh, send it to you. Okay. Um. What do you say or what message would you like to give to people that are either considering an MLM or are currently in one and heavily invested?
1: So for someone who is considering joining one, I would say, does your company have an income disclosure? Um, That's an important thing to start with because there's actually no regulation that requires MLMs to produce income disclosures or like produce uh, the failure rate, success and failure rates of uh, their participants. But a lot of them do. So if you can get your hands on your company's income disclosure and see you know, how many people are actually making money and then kind of determine is that something that you want to pursue having that information. Um, I'd also say look up research that's independent from MLMs. So just look up the FTC's guidance on MLMs. They have an entire webpage that's dedicated to that. I think it's, the webpage is about MLMs and pyramid schemes. So the FTC does kind of lump those two things together, which should be a red flag. Right. Um And yeah, ask uh, whoever's trying to recruit you, ask them how much they're making. They probably won't tell you that information, uh, but if you can at least ask them and if they have any sort of transparency about that, uh, that's a place to start too. Um, And just keep your eyes open for any red flags or tactics they're using that seem uh, deceptive at all. Um, Just be on the lookout for that. I would say for people that are heavily invested, um, I would just ask that you keep a record of how much you're making. Uh, so keep a spreadsheet with all of, uh, all the sales you're making versus how much you're actually spending. Because a lot of times people will see sales and they'll just like, oh, yay, I'm like doing good because I made this sale. But you also have to consider how much have you spent on buying products for yourself? How much have you spent on training materials on advertising, on website, on uh, going to your MLM conference, those are all expenses that you need to include. So just keep track of that so that you can see whether or not this is actually profitable and Mm -hmm. maybe decide, Hey, you know, if six months down the road, if I'm still not making money, maybe I need to consider leaving. So mark that date on your calendar so that you are aware of that and you don't, um, just keep going on with it without, uh, realizing that this may be not, this might not be a wise investment.
0: Um, I would actually, I, th- I think this is uh, uh, this comment here. See if we can address this. My, my girlfriend just joined an MLM and I told her she was being exploited. We had a thorough discussion about it and she agreed that it was exploitative, but decided hmm. she wants hmm. to give a try. How can we uh, help Caleb out here?
1: Um, hmm. I wonder what MLM it is. Um, and I also would wonder, uh, has he researched this? Have he Has he like presented her with the research? A good uh, article to look at is um, a study conducted by John M. Taylor. Uh, if you just put in like FTC MLM into Google, that should come up. If you can maybe present her with that information, um, that might be helpful for her to see like outside research on it um it's kind of interesting that she thinks it's exploitive but she still wants to give it a try that is concerning to me because once you give it a try they're only gonna try to like suck you further in um yeah i just want want, oh sorry go ahead
0: uh pampered chef is the one are you yeah
1: yeah that's uh it's been around for a long time um yeah i wonder why she agrees as a Exploit, I, I can't say that word right now.
0: I guess. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she agrees it's exploitive, but she oh. still wants to give it a try. Hmm. I, I maybe try to see what it is about it that she wants to still try it. Like, is it a friend that's getting her to join? Um, and she doesn't, she feels bad, like kind of turning that down. I would maybe try to like ask her questions about why she still thinks this is a good idea and maybe get down to like the core of it. That could be helpful. Okay.
0: Um, if you do have any questions for, uh, the anti-bot tag me and we will get to them in just a moment. Now, uh, in one of your videos, you talked about ideal health and them taking is, I think that's the name for the, they took the year in and <laughs> yeah. <touched it. laughs> Okay. What, what's the deal with that? What kind of company takes your urine or what kind of multi-level marketing company takes your urine?
1: Yeah. So Ideal Health was a supplements MLM. So their whole thing was they would have people give pee samples and then ship the sample to the company that would, I guess, analyze it and then develop like this uh, specific supplements for you and your body. Um obviously that's kind of BS <laughs> if you're trying to send your P anywhere, that should be a red flag. Um, but ideal health was actually, uh, it was actually sold to a company called the Trump network. I it became the Trump network like Donald Trump. Um, he actually kind of, he didn't own the company, but he, uh, gave them his branding and he was heavily involved with the company. Um, so I, I'm not, Trump network isn't around anymore. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I think that Ideal Health became something else after that. But yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, sorry. One of my uh, friends was commenting and I just wanted to let him know if he, he's in a multi-level marketing one and uh, let him know if he has any questions uh, to go ahead and just put it in the comments. Earlier, you talked about some of the deceptive tactics the tactics. I cannot talk today <laughs> at all. Um, could you perhaps expound on that?
1: Deceptive tactics. Yeah. Yes. Um, let me just pull up the bite model. Cause that's going to be helpful for me to see. Um, so the bite model is really what I use to, uh, determine how much of a cult something is. Um, so hold on one second. Let me just it's look not- at this.
0: A determination of how much something is a cult?
1: Yeah. So if
0: oh, oh, I see. Okay, let me put that in the uh YouTube comments.
1: Yeah, so this uh the byte model is um, a way that if a group meets a lot of the categories under uh the different like behavior, information, thought, and emotion control. If they meet a lot of those categories, then that means they're more likely to be a destructive cult. Um, so under behavior control, uh, regulate individual's physical reality, uh, dictate where, how, and with whom the member lives and associates or isolates, um, manipulation or and deprivation of sleep, That's something that we do see in MLMs because like I said, they pretend that like you don't really have to put in that much work with it. But in reality, people are spending like 50 to 60 hours doing this kind of thing. Um, So they end up going without a lot of sleep. And when you're sleep deprived, that makes it a lot harder for you to make uh, good judgments. Um,
0: Uh, So Eddie, to answer this question, you'd want to go back to the beginning of the video, and she talked about, uh, you know, an MLM she had started out with, and how her and her husband determined and investigated that, you know, they didn't want to get involved in it. Um, and was it her MLM or her upline? Uh, it was the MLM as a whole, correct?
1: Um, how long? He's asking me how long i have been in an MLM. Yeah. Okay. So Uh. I never like actually joined. Um, I was just, I was thinking of joining basically for a long time and I had family members who wanted me to join their MLM. Uh, it was young living. Uh, so I was never actually in it, but, and, and luckily I researched on my own, um, before I actually joined. So,
0: um, uh, Caleb is still commenting, and this is actually interesting to me. She says it's no worse than working for a regular corporation, and she thinks she can make money. She joined under a friend. I mean, the initially, I would say one of the downfalls is when you're working for a corporation, you're actually getting paid, though. There's yeah. <laughs> a minimum wage. Here, you're working you're, – you're paying to work, which is, to me yeah. – difference with the promise of hey you're going to make all this money.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I I definitely agree with that for sure. It's it's not there's no promise of any sort of money. I mean her her friend might be telling her she's going to make you know tons of money doing it, but the reality is most people don't
0: um, and Eddie, to answer your question, I would say you, you don't have to be in an MLM to be an expert on it. You could spend plenty of time studying and, and, and learning about them. I, as I said earlier, did grew up, grew, grow up uh, in an MLM family. So I am quite familiar with it.
1: There's a lot of other YouTubers that have been in MLMs that, that are in the anti-MLM community.
0: I do like this question. How is it different than a real estate agent?
1: So with real estate agents, as far as I know, there's no recruiting real estate agents under you. I'm not, maybe I could be completely wrong, but like, I'm pretty sure there's no like downline upline structure where you're then making money off of people you recruit in. So that's like the biggest difference I see.
0: And uh, Eddie, to kind of jump back to one of the comments you had made earlier when asked the how successful people or the amount of the success rate of people in your company. Uh, he's part of beach body versus your success. And it was 0.000001 to me. That's a pretty telling number. That's a low success rate. That's not even a 1% chance of succeeding. And I would find that uh, pretty alarming itself. Yeah. Um, Taylor, what else would you like the audience to know or people out there to know about MLS that we haven't covered?
1: Hmm. I think we covered a lot of it. I, I would say, um, you know, even though I'm really, really critical, obviously, of the MLM industry, um, I am not against people that are in it. So, and that's something that I really want to make clear on my channel. Um I, I'm not, I don't have anything against people that are involved. I have something against the structure of the company. So, um, and most people involved in MLMs are really honest people who they just really believe that this is a good thing and that this will work out for them. Um, so, no one's trying to like scam anyone else. Um, the majority of people aren't trying to actively scam. I do think that the people that are closer to the top, um, I, I do think there is some aspect of them uh, having some tactics that could be scamming or considered scam like, because I don't really think it's possible to be at the top and not know that anyone that you've brought in the company under you is not very likely to be making any money. I'm I'm sure that that has to be um, your, your knowledge. So I, I think that's the main thing that I want people to know is that being against MLMs doesn't mean you're against the people involved. Uh, It's just, I'm critical of the companies, the people that are at the very top, the founders, uh, the executives, those are the people I am critical of. Most people I'm not.
0: Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Damn, ADHD just goes right out the uh, brain goes right out the window. Um, so let me ask you this. If this would be an ethical dilemma, in my opinion, what if you make it in an MLM, you're successful, and now uh, you're not partaking it anymore, but you're still receiving the benefits? Do you think you should step away and stop taking those benefits?
1: Personally, I do think that you should step away because, yeah, you are successful, but how many people under you aren't successful? And how much is your success based on the fact that these other people are putting money into the company? And that's the only thing that's keeping you afloat, you know? So I, personally, I think that you should,
0: you know, I, I, I agree with you, but I would have a, a genuinely hard time telling someone to, to yeah. give up money because, Hey, like everyone wants a paycheck. So, uh, I would feel bad telling someone to to step away from that but I I agree with you like I care where my money comes from and I really yeah. don't want to uh, achieve it through any negative means or you know impact anybody else in a negative way.
1: Yeah, and yeah and I I definitely agree with you with that like it would be hard but I think that yeah like are you okay with making money off of something that you know is deceptive, that you know is uh, taking advantage of other people? I mean, if you are okay with that, then, you know, that's kind of on you. But um, yeah, for me, I, I don't think that's something that I would be okay with.
0: Do you find it difficult being a skeptic? And what I mean by that is I have found that at least in today's society, people have this impression that sex skeptics are just negative people. And I kind of feel like it's the opposite. Like a lot of us are the ones trying to protect other people from bullshit, even if they don't want to see it, whether it be, uh, you know, religion, politics, essential oils, anything it's psychics mediums. Like I actively speak out against that. And I find many people like, hate on me over that and I just want to look at I'm like look I'm really actually trying to help you I'm trying yeah. to protect you from bullshit don't get mad at me yeah is it difficult uh for you
1: um I think that it it can be difficult in that if you're speaking out against anything if you have like an anti stance against something people want to automatically think that you're very negative or that you're hateful um, or that you have nothing good to talk about. So you're just like digging at other people. And that's really not the case. I mean, for me, it's just, I want to protect people from, from these companies that I find uh, deceptive. I want to protect them from being taken advantage of. It's, me trying to bring light to the situation that is happening and is really, really prevalent in the United States and say, hey, this is a problem, we should look at this further. So I think it is difficult in that I don't want people to think that, like, I'm just being hateful and that I'm, you know, not being positive. And that's, that's not the case at all.
0: Um, Eddie, uh, a lot of the questions you're asking uh, were answered in the beginning of the video regarding like deceptive tactics and things like that. So if you rewind back, you'll see uh, us talking about that. Uh, Taylor, what else you got going on?
1: You know, I just hit 10,000 subscribers on the anti-watt. So that's been my big thing lately. Um, I'm planning on doing a and a for my audience to to ask some questions about me cause I haven't really like gotten very personal yet. So that's that's next on my radar.
0: That's awesome. Um, do you have a like a regular day you upload videos or just kind of whenever, like how long of a time period in between videos, what's your plan?
1: So I don't have a regular um, day that I upload. I'm really, really trying to work at that because I think it is better for my audience to know when to expect uh, things to come out. Uh, Right now I'm making a video about every two weeks, uh, which can seem like a long period of time, but with scripting my videos and doing all the research and filming and editing, it usually ends up taking that long for me to get a video out. Uh, I'm trying to make that faster and hopefully I'll get more, more of a routine in.
0: Okay. Well, sweet, because I would like to see uh, see more of your videos.
1: Hopefully, I'll, I'll be able <laughs> to get there.
0: <laughs> um, real quick for everyone uh, watching, I just want to put my schedule out there. Tonight at 9 p.m., I'll be sitting down with Hannah Vaughn, and we talk mental health and intimacy. And then Sunday, Jenna Belk and I at 11 a.m. on the Ethan and Jenna Show, we'll be talking mental health and politics. That will be an interesting one. Um, anyways, Taylor, I wanted to thank you for doing this.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome.
0: Um, you can, for those watching, you can check out, I have her links in the description. You can find her on Twitter. And if you want more multi-level marketing information, please go to her YouTube channel. I highly recommend checking it out. I binge watched all of her videos in the past uh, 24 hours. (laughs) I highly recommend them. Uh, also thank you to my patrons, Cindy, Kenneth, Kathy, Ian Best name ever, and the Blazing Wizard Pope. And uh, everyone be safe out there and wear a mask.
1: Yes, wear a mask. (laughs) All
0: right, stay on the line for one second, Taylor. Good night, everyone.